0: Hello and welcome to episode 108, the first bonus episode ever of the Rollo and Slappy show. If this actually makes it to be published, I don't know. But today is September 5th, 2018. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Car Campit. Slappy Jones might be uh, catching up with us, but he is not here right now. I think he's got a fantasy football draft. I finished mine already, so uh, I guess I care more about Liberty than Slappy does, and I can say all sorts of stuff about Slappy since he's not here, but uh, yeah, the show notes page for this will be mcflugel.com slash 108, and I wanted to do this, kind of did an audible, uh, the Friends Against Government podcast with Bart Arcus and Car Campit came out today and they were talking about the moon landing and kind of throwing some ideas out there about whether or not it could have been a hoax. And I think Carr Campet laid out an argument that was the best that I've ever heard that would uh, make someone lean towards saying it was a hoax, although I hold that it um, – I still think that we actually, you know, the, the people landed on the moon. Uh, that's not really that important. Um, because there were some things that, w- that, that Carr said that I disagreed with that I wanted to have him on and talk about it and kind of flesh these ideas out. One, to make sure that I wasn't being, you know, crazy about what was in my own head. And two, just to kind of talk through some of these ideas that I think are interesting. Uh, more about how the world works, how engineering works, uh, how markets work, um, just kind of have that discussion. So I'm going to send it over to Carr, and uh, I'm going to have him just kind of give a very quick rundown of what his uh, argument was, if that's possible. So, Carr?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That was a uh, this our podcast did exactly what I wanted it to, which was to spark a little bit of discussion. Because I'm not sure that I'm sold on any one particular thing. And just for anybody that's listening to this that didn't listen to our episode, um, this while it did, I, I think it did inadvertently lay out a case for it being a hoax, or maybe more accurately, for it, um, uh, for my desire to it to be a hoax from a game theory angle um, just as a lower risk alternative to doing it. Um, th- I, I, so I'll just, I'll kind of lay out what the, what the argument was. Um, so I think I had, I think, um, man, <laughs> Rolo, I've, we've been in so many discussions today. Now, yeah. I'm, uh, now I'm a little bit scrambled, but so I think basically what, what it boiled down to, was there 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 are kind of two steps to this so the first step is um what do you think the odds the 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 percentage odds that NASA calculated of success of Apollo eleven in nineteen sixty nine uh, or versus failure uh what prior to launch regardless so for so as we move through this you almost need to forget about the fact that it quote unquote happened. You forget about the hoax, you forget. We're really just analyzing the game theory leading up to the event. So what so the first part is what do you think the odds are that NASA calculated of success? If those odds were below some certain threshold, would it have been sane to go through with it? Keeping in mind all the geopolitical ramifications. And I brought up treason in our podcast mostly just to spark discussion and maybe spark a little emotion. Um, but, but then the second layer was, I would assume that keeping in mind the ultimate goal was not to put somebody on the moon, but the ultimate goal is to win the space race to, to maintain or increase geopolitical clout um, that they would be also inspecting other alternatives. The second alternative I, I think is pretty well known. And I, I think it's pretty declassified that they were at least, Putting some money into it would be hoaxing it, um, and uh, you know, developing some kind of false film, uh, and f- false launch event, or what have you. I don't know exactly how that would go through with it, but um, and then analyzing what the percentage odds that they that they calculated that they could pull that off and convince the American public, and then analyzing those two things. And then analyzing why, in fact, they went with the moon landing—the real moon landing, if indeed they did—is that Rolo? Is that kind of did I do a decent job of kind of give, giving a summary of where I was at?
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, it, it's it's you're they're kind of managing risk, and yeah, it would be a big black eye for them if they couldn't get someone on the moon, especially after JFK said we're going to do it, right? And then they can't do it they have failure after failure it makes you know the united states the western world that way of life look weak and soft i guess even regardless of what the soviets ended up doing i mean i don't know how i don't even know how close they were to putting the man on the moon obviously they were they got put man in space before before the u.s but um yeah it's i I think that lays it out I, i like the game i'd never i never thought of it uh, through the lens of game theory. And I think if you're going to make the case that it was a hoax, I think that's the strongest case for it. Um, so I guess where I wanted to come in and say where I disagreed with some of your uh, assumptions, because the way that you, you ended up talking about it, um, the, the likelihood of landing on the moon in 1969 ended up being extremely low. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially compared to today, um, I'm not sure I agree with that, and I don't want that to seem it, it's kind of, it's it's weird because it's kind of counterintuitive, and that's why I wanted to bring you on to talk about it because you have kind of have the same, uh, probably the same way you would approach the engineering and stuff behind it, uh, and, and and just so I could bounce the stuff off you and and make sure I'm not saying something insane or stupid so i gotta think how i how i want to phrase this correctly but we definitely have better technology today than 1969 i mean that's really really obvious Um, but at the same time physics and engineering that doesn't change they are fairly objective things Um, I don't think that the, you know, the physics behind putting a man on the moon has really changed, uh, between now and then, uh, we have better, you know, the, the thing that gets brought up all the time is they use, you know, uh, standard calculator has more computing power than, than what they had to put a man on the moon. And let's take that as true. I'm not denying that, but the engineering principles were still there. Uh, you do it by hand. It might take more brain power. It might take more, might take a little more time than running it on a computer. But, you know, we have all this software today. At what cost does that, does that come at? As far as the individual engineer having the knowledge and the know-how of how to do stuff. Um, because when you're outsourcing that work to a computer, you don't need to have that understanding as much anymore. I mean, I do it my own job. I have to, um, run some analyses and, um, you punch numbers into a computer and you have to kind of understand what you're doing, but you don't understand the nitty gritty details of what's happening. So because of that, you, I think you kind of lose a little bit of that, you know, we'll call it an edge or, or whatever. Um, so, we're engineer, and I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make was, what was the quality of the engineer, uh, back in in the in the 60s compared to today? Um, because you look in, in, even my own industry and in, in working in refining, you know, those old engineers. I mean, they were using slide rules and stuff, and they were coming, they were doing the same thing that I'm doing today. Except I have the benefit of of computer software that I can run a calculation in, you know, less than a second. Whereas they had to do it by hand, which meant that they probably really understood what was going on maybe a little better than me. Um, So, from that stance, and and that's kind of just the the beginning of it. Um, And I might be kind of going off on all sorts of tangents here, but... Um, let me take a step back first. Well, first of all, does that make sense? What I was saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And for, and, and to, to support your argument against mine, when we, when I threw this out out there, I was actually kind of surprised to see how many people came back with, um, estimated higher odds of success, way higher odds than I would have anticipated. Um, and to your point, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, obviously physics doesn't change and engineering doesn't change. Um
0: yeah, we just develop better tools and that might make the yeah, yeah. That's Right.
1: So I got I guess where I I I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at this from a from a percentage basis. And you know, so when you talk about um our industry. So you're in you're you're in petroleum and you're a mechan- on the mechanical side. And I'm a civil in land development. And I mean, I have, I have witnessed, you know, through my career, which hasn't been super long, but long enough that I can, uh, that we've really started to bring in 3D modeling for, for, um, site development. I have witnessed the amount of error reduction. And I mean, it's very obvious because, um, when, when something goes into construction, you know, uh, when, when an error is made, you end up usually having to rip out curb and gutter, or a manhole, or paving, or whatever. Um, and and software has made uh, just the amount of human error and the amount the ability to make human error has has decreased with a lot of the software. It just won't allow you to make certain errors. Like for instance, if you were to propose. Um, a water main at the same elevation as a storm sewer pipe crossing, you know, it won't allow you to do it. It'll, as long as you put it in the software, it'll say, Hey, you can't do this or, you know, you're going to have a problem in the field. Um, whereas maybe that's something that you would miss if you were doing it by hand, um, because it's not in the model and maybe they're on different cut sheets or something like that. So, um, there, there's a sig, I, I, I mean, I have been personal witness to the, crazy amount of error reduction that software has brought to at least my engineering field. Um, And with that, you know, obviously time and and money savings, but uh, I want to highlight the, the, you know, all of the calculations that they were doing. And I, and I won't get even close because I'm just, just not my field, but you know, you're, you're basically modeling um the effect of forces from the engines and from from all the uh, you know elevators and ailerons and and all that shit on on your your vehicle through varying levels of atmosphere and gravity on two different bodies um and and that alone is just I I just can't even I, I can't get my mind around doing that. Yeah. Um, that, that is that is an incredible feat. I mean to 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 come up with a way to estimate the you know everything from the 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 pressures, the drag, um, and, and therefore the necessary thrusting power to you know uh, decrease or increase velocity as needed. Uh, it, uh, and the grab different gravitational fields, you know, which are variable all the way from Earth to, to Moon. Whew, man, that 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 in itself is a feat.
0: Yes. Oh, I agree. Um, and just to, to touch on your you, you, the, the error reduction, I don't I don't disagree with that. The one counter I would say to that is that there is a much greater uh, uh, consequence of having an error that would cause a failure on sending a rocket into space versus uh putting a water line a water main in the ground so presumably they would be more careful um with the launching the rocket yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, ho- that you would hope that there would be, there would be more checking and everything. And, and there is the story of, uh, I think they put a satellite into orbit and someone didn't convert units correctly. And so it just right. went completely off course. So, I mean, when you have a computer, it's, it's, it eliminates a lot of error. Um, but also, um, you know, the software is only as good as the input. <laughs> so, sure,
1: sure, sure. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. no for sure. So yeah, that and but, that but that if it is all a good sequel. Like you, you would you would have to say that you would rather software modeling. uh you yes. guess Ab- at throwing a projectile at the moon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So here's here's where I wanted to take it, where I think kind of the the meat of my argument was, is that um, I think that the simplicity of what they had. Well, called <laughs> will call it simplicity, but compared to what the technology we have today, I think it almost handcuffs you, um, with trying to get everything to jive together. Um, I'll take, I'll take, you know, going with government stuff, uh, because it was the government, it was NASA doing this so it was the government. But if you look at the development of, you know, airplanes, um, and I just pulled this up right now, uh, the P51 Mustang was just a you know one of the the most popular fighter planes in World War 2 um just on the wikipedia page it looks like sometime in kind of the the first half of 1940 they kind of said hey we need to do something and develop this plane um it was, its first flight was October of 1940, and it was introduced in January 1942. Um, So that's pretty quick. Pretty quick turnaround. Uh, compare that to the F-22, which is kind of the, I don't know, the premier fighter today mm-hmm. uh, in the U.S., That was in 1981. This is again Wikipedia. In 1981, the U.S. Air Force developed a requirement for an advanced tactical fighter as a new air superiority fighter to replace the F-15 Eagle and F-16 Fighting Falcon. So that project was started in 1981. The F-22's first flight was in September 1997 and was introduced in December 2005. Uh, so because of, of how much more complicated these things are, um, it takes so much more time, so much more energy, so many more resources to be able to get to the point where you can kind of have something workable, um. Well, that, and there, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of variable, there's a lot of things that go into that. One being, and, and you mentioned it, that back in the day with fighting the, or, uh, fighting in the Cold War, you know, quote unquote, fighting in the Cold War and the space race and everything, there were a lot of people that were just so gung ho about this. Um, and I think that the, the, the culture was just a little bit different, that they could be a little, take a little more risks. Um, if you had a project like this, I mean, what was the, I forget which Apollo mission it was that they blew up on the launch pad or it was like a test launch, the test thing. Yeah. Apollo thing. one. Yeah, Apollo won, and they killed, they killed the guys. Um, I, would that be tolerated today as much? If you kill some astronauts that they say, Hey, well, let's, let's just keep going. Let's, let's plow through. Um, you know, there, there's currently like the V 22. I know that that, Projects a mess and they kill people every once in a while, uh, so maybe that isn't isn't a good argument. But um, it's well, let me
1: go back. Let me go. I, yeah, yeah, I'm before. I'm, I'm kind of jumping go, around here. So before Slappy uh, comes online, so I would I would argue that that the least common denominator between the uh, space launch and the P fifty one Mustang was necessity. I mean. Regardless of whether it was government doing it or not, I mean, in 1940, World War II had been declared, not by us necessarily, but it, by 1940, it was heavily suspe- suspected that we would need to, to be a part of it. And I, I've, of course, put need in quotes for everybody, you know, where right, I stand right. on all that. But uh, the, so so there was a need for that 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 fighter, which, of course, became one of the most prolific fighters of World War II. Um, the. Again, with the space shuttle, the space race had been declared during the height of the Cold War, and so that that president's ass was on the line, and and the, you know they don't they don't necessarily like to lose. Whereas the the F twenty two came. When was it, when did that production start in the early
0: eighties? Uh, I mean, it, it was kind of the the idea behind it in yeah nineteen eighty one. They said, hey, we need we need this thing.
1: I'm not. I'm not diminishing the role of the Cold War in the '80s because you know they're, they're in certain aspects that was kind of another little mini peak. But like the bulk of the development of the F or of the F-22 came during a time of absolutely no threat towards the United States, mm-hmm. where they didn't really need to bring it online. And also, the F-22 doesn't do anything that anything else doesn't already do. Not really. I mean, you you know, what does the F-22 do do significantly better than the F-18 to the point where we would be or the F 14 or the F 15 or the F 16, that we would be at a disadvantage to other nations. Whereas during the space race, that was something that was completely up to the next level. Um, right. d- the P 51 was completely to the next level. I mean, we were still phasing out shit, man. We were phasing out just like bananas World War One planes at that point.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, World War II it wasn't just the P 50, the, the Mustang there. They, they were cranking out all sorts Everything. of, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and, was- and, and, yeah. And, and what you're saying kind of, is tr- kind of what I was trying to say was that they were. It was a little bit not quite reckless abandon, but they were more willing to just be like, "Yo, let's go with this. Let's do it. We got to do it. Let's go." Yeah. Um. And also, the technology was simpler, so you didn't have to do. It. It, it wasn't as complicated to get something out. As a and and I'll bring up now the F thirty five, which is supposed to be you know the greatest you know, air superiority fighter that's ever existed, but I think it loses in simulated dogfights of the F-15. Yeah. And why is that? It's because it's so jam packed with all this technology, all this fly by wire crap that it's, it's to make all of that sync up together and not be contradicting itself and fighting itself. Like literally the computers in there are fighting itself. Yeah. It takes f- forever and that's what but, but adds the costs and everything. So that's why – I guess that's the point I was, tr- was saying that so, to do th- – was it $30 million or $30 billion? Yeah. Th- th- but, th- because it was a simpler technology. They didn't have to worry about all that stuff, that it makes it plausible. No, I, I agree.
1: I, I, I definitely agree with that to, to some degree. I al- but I also, I also firmly believe that if um, – let's just say like – if China invaded, or 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 got into a huge um, war with England, or or something like that, that we, where we anticipated that we may be dragged in, and again, I'm gonna put "we" and all that shit yeah, in quotes yeah. because everybody knows. But if, just from the game theory standpoint, I I bet somebody would put their boot down and be like, "Yo, Lockheed, you gotta lock this shit down, dude." This you need to disassemble whatever you need to disassemble and you need to reassemble whatever you need to reassemble and you need to give us a fighting craft in a year and I guarantee you they'd do it like i I think it's it's far more a function of the fact that nobody ever has to complete anything yeah it's true you know I mean we don't need it I mean we don't <laughs> we probably don't even really need an air force if it really came down to it <laughs> you know right, so right. there's no real there's no real motivating factor I think it's far more motivating factor than technological in, you know inhibition or or, or, or whatever I, I think anytime government or not if there's somebody with a boot in your ass you're gonna finish the project and I don't think there's anybody I think the f35 was a boondoggle from the start and and I don't think anybody has ever real I, I, I hardly believe that anybody with re- any real pull in that project, has ever conceived that this thing was uh, um, supposed to finish on time, under budget, and for the fighting American Republic. Like, I I just don't think so. I think it's just been a money pit from the get-go, and I bet as soon as you get sucked into that project, you realize it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first one. I mean, the the, the Comanche, that uh, stealth attack helicopter, uh, what the entire program cost was supposed to be, ended up being the cost to produce one helicopter, and they ended up canceling it. Yeah. Uh, you look at the DDX project for the, uh, the Navy with that, the stealth destroyer and it's another boondoggle. But I think that, that gives kind of some credence to the point that, um, and this is kind of, I guess, where I was trying to drive that was the, the $30 billion thing where it's like, it seems like not a lot of money, but if we did we're in that situation where it's like, we just need something out right now, assuming that they just don't use technology like they don't send F 16s over and F 18s that probably, you know, are plenty good enough. Um, but they need to develop something new and send it over that they just wouldn't strip out all of the crap and kind of make just something workable, um, so that it would drive the cost down because we're comparing, it's, it's tough to compare, um, something that's so jammed up with all this stuff that's causing all these problems versus you know the the technology from 50 years ago that uh that, that was a lot simpler so if you kind of took that approach where it was just let's let's get not a skeleton out but but only what we really need uh you would absolutely speed it up and and bring the cost down so i think that that would go to show that it is comparable to say to 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 say that oh well, they only spent thirty billion dollars to put man on the moon. I think that that makes it a little bit easier to to say yeah I guess that's kind of that's more plausible yeah. as opposed to just comparing what we have now like saying well the F twenty F twenty two and F thirty five cost what's well, what is it uh, the program cost of the F twenty two is sixty six. 67 billion dollars as of 2011 so who knows what it is now
1: yeah no i i mean i i see where you're coming from i think and i and i'm, I'm struggling between getting down into the numbers and then not getting down to the numbers mm-hmm. uh but I, I think to summarize my point and to bring it back to just the actual feat of doing what they did without and i i don't i'm sure they had some kind of rudimentary fly by wire or something but uh more or less it was it was human beings and mm-hmm. the the just outrageousness of a bunch of engineers coming up with calculations on how to maneuver an aircraft and then telling that to other human beings and then those human beings going and just kind of gripping and ripping it out into outer space, flying to the fucking moon, landing the craft without damage, and then uh, launching it, and then <laughs> coming back into Earth's atmosphere and landing without dying is crazy. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: I mean, it's it's crazy, and I I just can't wrap my mind around a a, a win a win rate of over fifty percent. Like I, it's on the first try, like I. I and, 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 you know, you can go say like, okay, well, you know, they tried to put people in orbit and they'd launched off launch pad. Okay, fine. So what does that increase your, your, your success rate of getting to earth's orbit to, you know, I'll give you 80%, I'll give you 90, but crossing that huge void between the earth and the moon of space trash and radiation and, and miscalculation overshooting the moon and going off into the goddamn universe and then flipping the craft around and lowering yourself down into a brand new atmosphere with a brand new gravitational pull, which had to be estimated, uh, landing the craft with with no significant damage to 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 the craft or the personnel, getting out, getting back in, and launching it back, and also keeping in in mind, you know, I mean, the, these these uh, these previous missions were rife with human problems too. I mean. Mm-hmm just the duration of people having to spend and in, 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 in together in a cabin. I mean, I think Apollo seven almost ended in a mutiny or something like that. Like, it, like they it just, people would not get along all that great. And it was a high pressure situation. I mean, adding all of this stuff up, there is just no way in 1969, I can get my Ryan mind around a majority. Like, like I would go down to Vegas and bet on success. Like I just wouldn't, I, I, right. I could not do that. I, I cannot wrap my mind around the fact that if Vegas had an open odds pickup on, do these guys go out to the fucking moon and all the way back and we recover them and their craft all intact, I can't imagine that lines opens at even.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I would do the odds. Um, It is incredible. I guess I will say that they, you know, all the Apollo missions leading up to Apollo 11 actually landing on the moon, they, it was each step of the way. So what was, was it, was it like Apollo 9 or Apollo 10? They orbited the moon. Um, so I guess I can understand. Well, it was
1: know. unmanned though.
0: No, I thought they did have a manned orbit of the moon. Uh, let's see. What's uh? Do 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 do, do. ignore. These. Even if it is,
1: man, that doesn't eliminate what is my most problematic part of it, which is landing and relaunching.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge. Okay, so here's Apollo 10 it was the fourth manned mission of the United blah 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 after and the second orbit to the moon. Uh, it was the F mission, a dress rehearsal for the first moon landing, tested all the components of procedures, just short of actually landing. The lunar module followed a. Descent orbit to within 8.4 nautical miles of the lunar surface at the point where powered descent for the landing would normally begin. Success enabled the first, uh, landing to be attempted at Apollo. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, this kind of might seem like I'm, uh, turning, uh, the wheel kind of hard, but what about like, I, it's, it's, I don't want to say this without seeming ridiculous, but, um, I mean, they did have a, you mentioned the estimates of like the lunar or the, uh, the gravitational pole and all the stuff about yeah. the moon. I mean, they did know about that for hundreds of years though, right? I mean, it yeah, was yeah, hundreds no, of years sure. that they were able to be really accurate on that stuff. Um, so it's not like they had to necessarily reinvent the wheel there and then, That's less important to the more the point. Like we still can't figure out or exactly how humans have done things in the past, like the pyramids, Uh, the way that those are built. I
1: figured it out. Not everybody else has come around to my conclusion.
0: Yeah, well, not everyone is sniffing glue. (laughs) But like the the way that like the way all the stone, they cut the stones and they fit them together. I mean, it's insane that they can. Yeah.
1: No. It is. It is. I, I think, I think what's baffling to me about it is, is the bang bang play part aspect of it. So, um, you know, if you're going to be a dog fighter in the air force in world war two, you're going to go through reps and reps and reps and you're going to try and, and, and you, you need to understand every aspect of your plane. Um, and, and, and so while you can mathematically grasp the mathematical pull and the atmospheric drag and, and all of that, w- Regardless, that's the first time that somebody had their hand on the joystick uh, and the throttle and they were bringing it in for a landing. And that and, and to nail it on the first go around, uh, you know, what is that? I mean, is that like kicking a field goal from 50 yards? Like, I mean, what is, what is that equivalent? Like that you, we need to really figure out what that is, because that's uh, that's pretty wild to me is, is that somebody would come in for a landing on a foreign body and uh with 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 no concept uh you know it's like what if what if um during the day when all of the uh, when all of these airliners are up in the air um we suddenly change the gravitational pull and the atmospheric drag i mean how many of those are going to successfully land
0: Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah i I agree there it's it's it is a huge feat and i i hope it doesn't seem like i'm like <laughs> trying to downplay yeah no 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 how yeah, how insane yeah. how insane it is um i guess i'm just trying to bring up examples of other times in human sure, history sure. which is difficult because you know there's no other time on human history that we did this in literally another celestial <laughs> place yeah
1: yeah i mean it is mind blowing so so i guess what i was trying to get what where i was trying to lead bird through the a little bit through the pot at the end of the podcast. And then I was trying to leave the group was there's basically three major stages of this thing and assigning a success rate to each one of those stages. So the first stage would be, um, at law, you know, launching from earth and getting to where your staging area in earth's orbit. Then the second would be getting to the moon landing and relaunching. And the third would be, uh, breaching atmosphere on the way back to the earth and getting back to the earth alive. Mm-hmm. And the first one, I think I'm willing to go with a fairly high success rate, say 90%. I mean, it, it, we had done it before, although, you know, granted of the manned ones, I think the success rate prior to that had, if you averaged them all out was like about 80%. I mean, there's a couple that burned up on launch pad or yeah. just never went. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, I think 80 is, 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 I'm comfortable with eighty. Uh, could be higher, could be maybe lower, but that seems reasonable to me. And then the question is, the the big linchpin to me is what is the success rate percentage? What are we betting on for landing on the moon and, and relaunching?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm hesitant to assign numbers to it just because I have no idea. I have no so, idea.
1: Right. But okay, let's back into it though, right? We're engineers here. So, let's let's say let's say you give launch pad to atmosphere 80% and let's say you give re-entry into Earth's atmosphere And successful scoop mission from the ocean, everybody comes back alive. Let's say you give that 80, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, actually, I would say, I I don't know. So they have, did they, did they have his? Because 80% is actually pretty, I mean, when you break it up into three parts, 80% is actually very low. When you when you've got to take all three, three or four pieces together.
1: Well, that's what I'm getting. at. I know.
0: That's <laughs> your point. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's kind of where I'm going with this: is that if you take parts one and three, and you assign it eighty percent each, which I don't know if that's that all that unreasonable. You be, you're you you're you better be damn near nailing a hundred percent on the relaunch to to beat fifty percent.
0: Well, have they ever had any sort of uh, reentry issues that you're aware of?
1: um yeah I, I i uh yeah wasn't there like a the the famous one with like the space tile, or the one of the tilings failed
0: oh on on the uh the uh space shuttle right
1: yeah i don't know i i don't know if it resulted in any deaths but no i
0: don't think so um i'm just yeah, i'm i'm just bringing this on. yeah i mean challenger is up going i mean that's that that's been studied to death and that was that was not an engineering flaw. That was a stupid management decision or was an engineering issue, but it was, it was known and, um, you know, not corrected. They started to roll the dice. Um, so,
1: yeah, right. Okay. So, I mean, do you want to give it 90
0: Uh, I probably higher actually. To to I mean, uh, and again, this is this is me just having no actual real clue.
1: Let's let's give it a hundred. Okay. So because I think I think on the way out, 100% I think percent on the way back.
0: Even even I mean, eighty percent on the way out. I think the you big
1: hundred well Maybe give it a hundred and ten.
0: Yeah, make it a thousand percent. Uh, no, I'm just I I think that that going out and go and again you know let me preface this with I don't, I don't actually know but I think going out and coming back in are you know pretty reasonable to say that they're probably a, a very highly likely chance they're going to do it I think what you were mentioning is the actual you know going into the orbit of the moon and landing it is the is the real kind of yeah. um, thing and then, and then like you know, redocking, so, they got to redock once they get back, <laughs> once they go back up. Um,
1: and and so just, just to re reground with math, if you give it a, a 90% chance of success on the way out and a hundred percent chance of success on the way back, you got to peg it at 55% chance of landing and relaunch in order to remain above 50, 50 odds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That it, that it's, 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 that when you break I mean, it up in three parts reasonable like a way
1: to break it down mm-hmm. and that, and because those are three very distinct phases that probably that, that you know definitely involve
0: different equipment mm-hmm. and, and, and different and astronauts what's that different astronauts every time what do you mean different astronauts that every time that oh like every every one of these Apollo missions I don't think they did
1: oh yeah 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 no no I meant I meant just three phases of the of that one mission oh
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah yep
1: and w- when you start to break it down like that, man, I, yeah, if you're, if you're not padding it with with a pretty high percentage on the exit or entry of Earth, you, you that that number starts to tank pretty quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and that's why yeah. I mean we're engineers, so we'd we'd love to see the uh, <laughs> yeah see the data on it, see where they're actually, I mean. How awesome it would it be to just kind of pick one of these uh, engineers? Brains oh
1: yeah, over. I'd love to know that number because you know they had it; they had some mm-hmm.
0: number. I mean, oh yeah, I mean it's like an. I mean, any engineer that that does any of this kind of stuff, you got to calculate risk for stuff yep. that you're you yeah, know designing you can't and going forward
1: without calculating risk and and putting in factors of safety. Yeah, and,
0: and when do you it. when you expect it to fail, how do you expect it to fail? Right. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if you had more to say about this, but the next thing I wanted to bring up. And I had like 80 million things in my head that I mostly forget now. Um, but what do you say about the other five manned landings to the moon after that? Like, does that because at what point Like, what would be the incentive for them to just continue, like to fake it another five times? I'm assuming that if, if they faked it the first time that they're probably decided that it's too risky and not going to try it later. Um, because if they, you know, so does it, I I guess, yeah. What do you, what do you think about that?
1: (sighs) Yeah, I, I I would say that that would, that would be significant pull towards, towards non-hoax side. Yeah. I, significant. I mean, there's no, there's no way around that. Like the, the, if the, uh, yeah, I mean, it, repeatability is an engineer's dream, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what we, that's what we start. That's how, you know, you did it right. That's how, you know, it wasn't just a cowboy making, you know, making the right pull on the joystick. Like that, that means that they calculated things right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there, there's no question, but uh, I guess, I guess to the counterpoint would be if that, So I don't think that they went into this whole thing. If you, if you're going from a game theory, okay. So let's back. Okay. I'll tell you what. So you, 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 you move the clock forward. I'm going to move it back. And I'm wondering how Kennedy came up with his decision to say, we're going to land on the moon. Why why was that the target? I mean, there's the obvious, like the moon it's right. It's relatively close but it's It's romantic because it's that thing that we all see, you know? And, um, but he, he must have named it because he thought it was reasonable and not he, obviously his, his advisors. Um, and so there, there must be some amount of feasibility. Uh, but, but I think that, and you're, while you, I will concede every bit of repeatability is, is a heavy indicator of success, you know, could it be that that, like Bird was indicating and, and, you know, like it is pretty well known that they were they were devoting time and resources to some sort of uh, cover up or, or or hoaxed film or something like that. Um, could it be that it actually was a failure and. We don't know what happened and there was they learned something and then and then that propelled them into success in the, in the subsequent missions i that I mean, yeah that's like way out the weeds like there's no way right there's no back, you know I because then, nothing other than just talking to back it up but
0: uh because then even then too like does it matter then if they hoaxed the first couple moon well it doesn't
1: matter anyway well yeah i mean that yeah
0: I, yeah like you were saying that in the in your episode where it's like it doesn't affect my life either way like I don't really care if I found and I agree if I found that like I believe that you know that there were lunar landings but if I found out tomorrow you know without a doubt that yeah it actually was a hoax I'd be like huh huh okay I was wrong it's it's not going to change anything in my life (laughs) no
1: no yeah right I I wouldn't go parading around the streets uh, with success or hang my head in shame depending on which way the result went it just wouldn't it just doesn't matter
0: right um. Um. I forget what I was gonna. Say. I forget what I was gonna say, and it was probably the most brilliant point in the world that was gonna just put everything to rest. Of course.
1: Well, let's get Slappy in here. He's been hanging out, but yeah, let's get Slappy
0: to the foreground.
1: Bring him to the foreground. Hey, what's
0: up, guys? Hey, yeah. kind of hear you. It sounds like you're, Uh, you're actually, it sounds like you're on the moon because you're, we're not hearing you. Yeah. No, I'm not on the moon yet. I'm in the orbit of the moon. Okay.
1: Well, I got some bad news, Slappy. You got a pretty,
0: pretty low odds. Only 55% chance from here on out. (laughs) Oh, that's what I wanted to say about Kennedy saying that, you know, picking the moon and everything. Push him to the background. Yeah. yeah. Push Slappy back (laughs) to the background. Go, 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 go hang in orbit for a little bit. (laughs) Uh, but, uh, no, it's just, they're lucky that it wasn't Donald Trump was president back then. He's like, we're going to land man on the sun <laughs> and be like, all right, let's, let's try to, let's try to do this. And then, you know, they might have to fake that one. They'll have, we'll yeah, they'll have the video. Can you imagine the video, the astronauts like keeping their feet off the ground and you go, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Oh my
1: God.
0: That would have been harder to fake, but I probably would have believed that one too that they landed on the sun.
1: Oh Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Zlappy, what's what's uh what's your thoughts?
2: Oh, well, so I jumped on in the middle and you were talking about a whole bunch of military stuff that I have no idea about.
1: We love uh, the military here. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: I know. And um but what, what I was thinking back then, did uh bro, did you mention the Osprey? Yeah. Oh, you did. See, that was my what I was going to bring up. Um, and then I, I, just, I guess, I think they actually did land on the moon, and there had to be a first time. And whether the odds were high or low, I mean, do you, you were mentioning there was five others, maybe, or four others.
0: Yeah, five others.
2: Uh, do we? Are you pretty confident they did them? So you know, one of them had to be the first one and uh whatever that first one was had to be scary as hell and you don't know what's going to happen but someone's got to do it um if it's going to happen so you know uh, even if we right now um i kind of caught this part or missed this part of your conversation but you were talking about the difference between now and back in the 1960s and which is easier or better or Maybe we can eliminate human error now. But even if today was the first time we had a a landing on the moon, it's not going to be 100%. There's going to be some doubt. And the astronaut who goes and does it, you know, I guess has balls or whatever. And, uh, I mean, it's got to happen a first time once. So whatever that is in the future, landing on Mars or whatever... There's going to be really low odds, and people might die. I mean, people died in the Apollo missions before Apollo 11. We We're not planning on that. But every time they learn a little more, so I don't know if I add anything to this discussion at all. Um, some sales guy talking to one and a half engineers. I don't know, you know, the stuff you guys do about your calculations and all that errors and stuff, but. The way I understand it is they got it pretty exact with orbit. Like these planets, these whatever the moon is, is moving at a speed they can calculate pretty well. And there's not going to be much resistance in space. Is that correct? That so means the vacuum, you're just kind of going?
0: Yeah. Unless sure. you
2: miss, you're screwed. <laughs> but I think they can do it. I mean, it's a science, right? Or am I just like way off on all this?
0: No, I agree. I mean, I think you could, you could, you could do, it's like anything else. I mean, you could, you can figure out any for any sort of like physical thing, you know, motion and everything. There's, there's calculations for it. There's theory that you can figure out, but actually making sure that you get all of the, the variables correct. And yeah. accounting for all that. Like, and, and Bird brought up a good thing when you we talk about, uh, sending the yangling down the Mississippi. Um.
2: Might get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There, that there's, there's a lot of things you got to try to account for. And that's kind of the difficulty. And then also you've got human pilots. So you got to make sure, sure that they're doing it correctly. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, yeah. What's I mean, real? they could, they, and, and we kind of. You said that again. You kind of broke up.
2: Was saying how just incredible it is to do all this, and I completely agree. Like, I can't even wrap my head around how it's possible. But what really blows my mind is on re entry to the earth, they hit the ocean, and someone can go get them. I mean, one, what if you miss the ocean? You're dead, right? Probably. <laughs> 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 like, I'm surprised you can survive hitting the ocean. That's got to be some impact when you land.
0: I had a nice little parachute there. I don't actually know how hard they would have hit. Yeah, I don't either.
2: I mean, you're falling from really high up. I know they have a power
1: They all got up and they jumped in the capsule right as it hit (laughs) so that it didn't feel the impact. (laughs) Yeah, it's like when
0: you're riding on a train and the bridge, the bridge is kind of old and you're not sure it's going to hold up. They have everyone lift their feet up off the ground.
1: Yep. Yeah, you just lift the feet, take the weight off.
0: Yep. It's normal. (laughs) That's how I engineer things. Yeah, and 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 um, to what we're we kind of brought that up earlier. It's that that for hundreds of years they were, they kind of knew this stuff about um you know sizes of planets. I think they were able to figure out the weight of the Earth and planets somehow, like pretty you, you well. For the gravitational pull on a planet, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have the size of it, yeah, yeah. So they're able to figure out a lot of stuff, but it's like we said, it's it's it's.
2: But you never actually did it, so you don't actually
0: know. Well, it's, it's, it's all the, the variables that you might not be able to, to account for. It's, it's the theoretical sure. versus the, the, the practical.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like doing a barrel roll in a plane for the first time. Like theoretically, Good, you can work it out all you want, that, but at the end of the day, somebody's got to go up there and jam the stick to the left and, and, to, you know, make it do it and come out of it alive. And, and you know, the first time's always scary.
2: I mean that guy who stole the plane out in Seattle, right? Um, or I think it was Seattle or Tacoma, or is that SeaTac
1: one? Airport up in Seattle? Yeah,
2: yeah, okay. I mean, he did a barrel roll, right? Or he did like
1: a yeah. That, that's a good point. Is is I mean, is Sky King, King the, the uh, ultimate right? flaw in my argument?
0: I think so. I mean, what they're what they're telling you is he actually flew to the moon. They didn't tell. <laughs> yeah, they didn't let us the know. Moon landed, came back,
2: and said he learned it from playing video games.
0: I mean, I think that. I buy that. <laughs> Carl, you're wrong.
2: <laughs> but I like it better if the, if it's all a hose. Like that would be really cool.
1: Yeah, it would be cool.
0: I don't know. I, I maybe it's the engineer in me. Maybe it's the you know kind of little kid in me that, that likes space and thinks that's kind of cool. To, I kind of hope it happened.
2: Oh yeah, no. I I think it did, and I think it's awesome that it did. And for all the things the car was saying about how imp like how mind blowing it is to do that, totally agree. So it's kind of cool if it's real, which I do believe. But if it wasn't, it's like ha,
0: government's screwing us again. Right, right. Yeah, like we were saying earlier, it's if if I found out tomorrow without a doubt that it was a hoax, then I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lose okay. sleep over it, and you know, I'll get to go around like. You know, run out know. the house with no Run out the house with disheveled hair and just being like I my my life yeah. no longer has any meaning. It'd be like if uh, I mean that that's how I would react if my tractor was stolen or something.
1: Yeah, oh, there it is. And but the other thing is
2: these astronauts like train their entire lives for this. It's not like they show up on launch day and they're like, All right,
0: time to go to space. Oh so I thought you I get picked and, I thought they did it like, uh, how they get migrant workers at a farm. They just drive their pickup truck up and say, Hey, uh, there's, Space. there's one truck that comes up. All right. We're picking strawberries. Another one. Hey, we're picking corn. Another, hey, we're, we're flying, flying to the moon. All right. Moon. Next one Space. comes up. Hey, we're, uh, we're, we're picking blueberries.
1: Lunar mission. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a military
2: base near my house that's no longer a military base. Like an old one used to have an airfield. There's a couple of them actually. Um, but there's one I go run slash walk at. And they had the original centrifuge that, like, the early astronauts, it was done there. So, like, John Glenn and, isn't there a isn't that Alan Shepard? Alan Shepard? Alan Shepard. Yeah, like, they all trained there in this giant centrifuge, which the building's still there. And the gondola that they, like, sit in was, is still there. You can see it. Um, I mean, that doesn't prove they went to outer space, but it – It kind of proves they had this thing to like spin people around at a stupid speed and have whatever G-force, you know, to to train for that like sucks your eyes to the back of your head. I mean, these guys go through all this stuff. It seems like a lot to do for a hoax, although they get to be pretty famous and probably make a lot of money off it. So I don't know.
0: So what you're saying is that's the place where they launch the drones with machine guns attached to them to go to Las Vegas. All
1: right, with that. So drone, whoa! whoa. Actually, a
2: different one, but yeah, there is a drone airfield or whatever near my house. I don't know. If it's, I don't know what they call it. Where they operate drones.
1: So you live? I lived, passed one on the way back from New Mexico this last winter, and it was really startling.
0: Yeah, it'd be I wouldn't like
1: that. Um, but all right. Well, uh, well, I gotta bounce. Okay. And too. I got to bounce here in a a sec, so.
0: Yeah, well, Uh, thanks for coming on. I I mean, I think it's, uh, I like talking about this stuff because there's no good answer necessarily unless we're just completely missing it. Um, but it, but it, it brings up a lot of interesting ideas and points that, um, I mean, I don't think I would ever really think about without, without you bringing up the, the moon landing thing, so.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I've actually like never
0: thought about it until today. So yeah, and and if anyone out there listening has any feedback or says, "Hey, you're wrong here," or "I agree here," or something, or just say, "Hey, ignore Carr because he's a civil engineer," uh, you know, <laughs> let us know.
1: Well, and if anybody has any uh, inside track information on those engineering calcs on what they calculated that success rate to be, I mean, that's really what I'm after. So, uh,
0: yeah, uh, I mean, I think that would that would. Provide most of the. uh, I mean, if 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 they would provide
1: the answer to my game theory proposition,
0: yes. If they came back and said like, "Hey, we're like in the high nineties for everything," then it's like,
1: yeah, I would be shot. Yeah, I would be. That would torpedo my the interesting discussion.
0: But we're not privy to that information, so we just got to do blind conjectures, shooting from the hip, which which makes it more fun. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and presented as
2: that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, let's, let's wrap this up so we can get Carr out of here. So show notes page is mcflugel.com slash 108. Again, you're welcome for this bonus episode, surprise episode. We kept this a secret. So I'm not going to tell anyone. I'll probably release it tomorrow. It's kind of getting late. I want to go to bed. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll link to the, uh, Car and Birds episode about this that they posted uh earlier today so make sure you give that a listen because that provides i mean if you're hearing this now and it's probably too late for you to go back and listen to it so, but <laughs> before this but still go back and listen to it because it, cause car went into a lot more detail might help you uh flesh out some of these ideas a little bit more um and you know subscribe to their podcast um check them out on twitter at bird and at car it uh make sure to subscribe to us On uh, mcflugel.com or on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbeam, all those uh, podcast catchers. And give us a uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a review, if you don't mind. That really helps us out. Share us with your friends and family, anyone who thinks, who might think this is interesting or people, or just people you want to drive crazy and uh, annoy. That works too. Anybody, really.
2: Share with your enemies
0: too. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, check out LibertyMugs.com. Um, Liberty, so, Mugs. Liberty
2: Mugs! Liberty
0: yeah, I don't know, it just doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> Liberty Mugs! So, uh, all right, we'll uh, not we'll catch you not next week, but in like half a week, since we're uh, releasing this not on a Monday. So, all right. Do we have uh, a plan for this week? Do we what?
2: Do we have an episode planned for this week? Yeah,
0: we're having a special guest, assuming oh, it doesn't nice. fall through. So. Sweet. Should be a good one. Cool, check it out. Sweet. And it's not car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it might be, though.
0: Yeah, actually, be. <laughs> probably it, it's probably a good chance. <coughs> All right.
2: We could bump our guest for
0: car. That would probably be a good career move on our part.
2: <laughs> not.
0: Nah. All right. Thanks for listening.
2: See ya.